Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, we have a special edition of Inside Illini Basketball this week because we welcome in the legend, the Hall of Famer, the 57-year Illini beat writer, Lauren, who will uh, take us down memory lane, tell us maybe what separates this year's Illini team with those in 2005 and 1989. He makes some good points. Come back after these messages to give Lauren a listen. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, good Monday morning, everyone, and it really is a good Monday morning because I have a special surprise to our rabid Inside Illini basketball audience, and that's who's sitting next to me this morning. It's who's not sitting Scott- next to you, Jim? <laughs> He's a handsome cuss. <laughs> <laughs> that's Lauren Tate, the legend himself, the Hall of Famer. Any other adjectives i can throw in there no, let's just get on to the business here. all right no enough buttering up the <laughs> our right. columnist who uh, is in year 57 of covering illinois basketball i'm jim rosso uh hired in part by lauren tate back in 1993 you've been here that long board. how about that came <laughs> on board i can remember lauren the weekend of my first job you were in uh michigan covering a football win with Johnny Johnson, late touchdown pass was it to Klein? Yeah, to Klein with a with a guy hanging on Johnson's leg. Is that still, crazy? Yeah, he was being sacked. And there were no re, no reviews back then. No, oh, no, and it seemed uh, less controversy yeah. without the reviews. Well, there was a lot of controversy back there, and you know, I just uh, uh, when that uh, pass was made the other day in the Michigan game. Uh, the pass where the the blocker the receiver went down and mm-hmm. blocked and uh, for mm-hmm. his teammate and they made the first down late in the game it really decided the game and uh, I'm th- I'm thinking back to a, a catch that Smallser made on the in the end zone one for a Blackman one year and they had so much confetti <sighs> on the field that they couldn't see the lines and when they look back at it uh, a day later when they look back at it they saw that he was in bounds and it would have been a touchdown and they would have won the game but. But uh, Joe Smalzer's touchdown didn't count. And then we go a few years later, and, and uh, Michigan made a fumble that would have lost the game. Mm-hmm. But they didn't get it yeah, called right, counts. and yep. they didn't have a review. And finally, because of all these things that were happening in Illinois, they got the review in nationally. Oh, I can't wait. All right, so I yell at Richie every week for talking football. I'm yeah. going to yell at you, Lauren. No more right. football. This is no inside the lineup. Basketball dog on it. Okay. And, uh, Lauren, we're going to tap into your wealth and knowledge here for the next 20 minutes or so. You have to go to, here we go, a football news conference. Yeah. 
without uh, Coach Bielma, who was at the funeral of his mother today in Prophetsville. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hope everybody had, and we'll, we're back to football, and rightfully so. Uh, Bob Osmussen was in Ann Arbor over the weekend and asked some questions in the post game that I watched. And uh, I thought Bielema, he got emotional, but he stuck to what he needed to say and really fought through what had to be a horrible, horrible weekend for yeah. him. Yeah. Lauren Tate, 57 years, Illinois basketball. So uh, the AP poll uh, came out this morning, Illinois only up to number 16. Yeah, I thought they might climb a little higher, but uh, but they came out of there one and one, and, and uh, there were um, – there were shortcomings in that game, uh, even though it didn't break until the last three or four minutes. Uh, Illinois had a 58-56 lead in the game, so they must have played pretty well up to that point. And then it kind of all broke down at the end. And they're they're looking for uh, Shannon to do an awful lot. And this has got to be a team effort. And Shannon's going to be a, a, a streak shooter. And he's always been a streak shooter, so he will continue to be a streak shooter, I'm sure. He's had his 30-point game and 29-point game, so that he can be awfully good. But uh, things didn't work out for him so much, uh, you know, yesterday. I called Lauren Tate on Saturday morning uh, because uh, he had mentioned that what he saw Friday night of Terrence Shannon against UCLA, he labeled it one of the greatest games in Illinois history. And I called I said, Lauren, are you sure? you want to say that, and you stuck to your guns. Well, eight eight for nine on threes and ten rebounds in the first half. I mean, he was – this was an outstanding game against an outstanding UCLA team. And uh, maybe uh, it turned out that UCLA we, – we don't know how good teams are right now because they haven't played enough key game. Kentucky will be better. Gonzaga's had a bad game. You know, Michigan's had a bad game. You, you never know this early. Uh, teams are still taking shape. But in that game, I thought Illinois, and all things considered, won because Shannon was just out sens- sensational, really, in that game. Driving to the basket and shooting threes and you know, overall winning the game for Illinois. Crazy to think at, at one point in the portal season, Shannon was uh, rumored to have leaned toward Michigan where maybe some enrollment-type snafus kept him from going there. Think how that might have turned out. Well, of course, I, obviously Michigan could could use him because yeah. so far Hunter Dickinson's been pretty much the guy there, and they don't have the balance around him that they need so far. All right, Illinois number 16 in the poll. A uh, uh, couple Big Ten thoughts I have, Lauren. You can re- either refute them or agree with me. Illinois at this stage, in my mind, and I've told Richie this before the weekend, clearly the best team in the Big Ten. Oh, I don't think so. I, I don't think that's true. I don't think they're clearly the best team in the Big Ten. I don't know who is, but I think there's a half a dozen teams could win the Big Ten. I don't know if I like you anymore, Lauren. <laughs> All right. Well, the love affair I, is over. <laughs> I I don't have. Uh, I feel like this is a this is going to be a battle all really? the way through. Yeah, and I don't know who's going to win it, but I I think that uh, Iowa's going to be hard to beat. I think that uh, Michigan will come around later. I think Ohio State's got to be watched. I mean. There's just a lot of good. Maryland beat Miami 88 to 60 something just yesterday. My Maryland could be pretty good. All right, my let me put my argument out there. Indiana is Indiana is the favorite. I know they're the favorite, but they're kind of what they were last year. Uh, yeah, a team that um, won one tournament game and got everybody's hopes up. My, Michigan, my, Michigan's looked disastrous. They have. Um, 
Michigan yeah, State has overachieved, I would guess, but uh, uh, they have the same crew as last year, mostly. I don't think we know yet. I'm I'm not saying Illinois can't be. Okay. I think there's as good a, uh, as good a chance as anybody else. But boy, right now, if you if I had a list, and I've lost it, I'm sure, of all the upsets that have taken place this season, it's unbelievable. I mean, you got Florida State losing the first three games. You got Louisville losing their first three games. You got it's all kinds of strange things happening, and I just think it's too early. And and uh, Illinois got an opening game at Maryland. I'll tell you right now, they got problems there. They got problems at Maryland in that opener, the Big Ten opener. They come back and play Penn State here, but uh, I I think that uh, Maryland's got you got to look at them. Lauren is is making my mood turn. <laughs> I started this podcast in a great, a great mood. I'm not saying Illinois doesn't have as good a chance as anybody else, but I'm just saying there's a half a dozen other teams I don't I, that that could win it. All right, uh, that Texas game certainly is more interesting than it was if you had a chance to watch yeah. the Longhorns dismantle Gonzaga in their yeah. new arena. Yeah, how cool was that? It's amazing. By the way, you think Gonzaga is going to join the Big Twelve <laughs> I don't in know. basketball? What week is it? I don't know. Uh, Gonzaga bounced back and uh, throttled your home state, Kentucky Wildcats. Well, I will tell you this. If they join the Big 12, they won't play this kind of a schedule okay. in November. <laughs> this is this is their season right now. Because when they go to when they right. go to conference play, a, it'll be a walkthrough. Yeah. Uh, great week uh, continues, of course. Maui Invitational is this week. Always That makes me think of Thanksgiving. Uh, Illinois gets a few days off. Uh, I don't want to necessarily talk performance in Las Vegas, Lauren. You know what I want to talk about? Fans. Yeah. All right. So the scene Friday night kind of startled a lot of the national types that were mm-hmm. that were covering Illinois for the first time in a while, right? They were like, what is up with all the orange craziness in the stands? We've seen it before. We've seen it for, what, 25 years maybe? Uh, what makes Illinois such a fan favorite when they go on the road. History. History going all the way back to the Whiz Kids and on up through Harry Combs's Final Four, three Final Four teams and all. We've had these great runs and, and Lou Henson in the 1980s, they were so successful and it builds up over time when people when people who are older now were younger, Illinois was good and Illinois uh, caught their eye. And I think that and the other consideration is the fact that the that they have a lot of graduates that, that from the from the University of Illinois who are in California who see this as their one chance to see Illinois play basketball this season in person. And and uh, your point that if it had been in Dallas, I, would, I think there had been a lot of Illinois people there too. There are a lot of people in Texas from the University of Illinois. But I just think that uh, Illinois basketball is the thing in town. We've been down in football for so long that I think all the interest has swung to basketball, and I think you'll see one sellout after another this year. Dave Cool, uh, mover and shaker here in uh, Champaign, I reached out to because I saw pictures of him in Las Vegas, and he made the point. He said that atmosphere this weekend was more lively and crazy than most home games. Really? Um, which leads me not necessarily lately, but State Farm Center sometimes gets a little lethargic, I would argue, when the when the students are gone specifically. Yeah. Uh, you don't get that that uh, scene like you had over the weekend all the time. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, people take those uh, 
those seats that the, that the students have during the holidays. You're right about that. But mm-hmm. when we get into January and, and into the Big Ten season, you're going to see sellouts every single game, I'm sure. And this is a team that can make a run. There's no doubt they can make a run and uh, should make a run, I would think, in this conference. All right, Lauren's been with the Illini with every close call. Uh, one of these years they're going to break through and win this doggone thing. Maybe it's this year. They're certainly in the conversation. Yeah. Um, we've got to figure out what our lineup is. I don't – I mean, how do you play Danger? How do you play uh, Coleman Hawkins? Is he going to be a center? Is, he, is that going to work in the Big Ten? And this is a running team. And how many fast-break baskets did Illinois get against Virginia last night? Before you answer that, think about this. How many fast-break baskets are they going to get against Michigan State? Mm-hmm. You don't get them. If you're a running team, there's certain teams in the Big Ten aren't going to let you run. Mm-hmm. They're going to have everybody back on defense. And and last night there was a, was a case where, where a running team had very few running baskets. So I and the other thing is, I don't see this thing this team as a consistent three point shooting team. Therefore, I worry about the half court offense. I worry about it because I haven't seen the half court as good as I expect it to be. And then that goes back to some of these easy games that they had in the beginning against Monmouth and Missouri, Kansas city and Eastern Illinois. All right. I'm going to, I've got a producer, Ed Bond sifting through the archives right now for the 1989 podcasts that we produced to see if Lauren was, uh, expressing similar concerns back then with that team. Oh, that's a vastly better team. But the difference, the difference between 89 and today in the Big Ten is that the Big Ten had a half a dozen teams that were ranked during the course of that season. I mean, the, the Big Ten was really good in 89. It wasn't just Illinois. And the reason Illinois didn't win the national championship is because another Big Ten team did. That's hey, right. we've, we've found one of those podcasts already, and I just had a, I listened to a couple snippets while you were talking, and... You were complaining about the referees oh, well. and redshirting. <laughs> redshirting? I don't know. You wanted you wanted kids to take the year off and get bigger and stronger. So who they had do, four who more. Who want to do that? I, <laughs> I'm I not mean, sure. Here's the difference on that team than this team. We knew who our first five was. We had five great players in the front in the first five, and we had uh, we had Liberty coming off the bench. We had Smith coming off the bench. Everybody knew the role. The guys are just now learning their role. What's, what's Meyer's role? What's Melendez's role? What's Danger's role? We don't know yet. That's why I say this team is going should be a lot better in January than they are right now because we're not, we're, we don't even know what our lineup really is. I know it's, he started the same five, but is that our best lineup? Lauren might be onto something here in, inside of Illini basketball because you look at the other great year in Illinois basketball history, 2005, you knew who the starting five was. Absolutely. No question. And you, that's, you knew Augustine was going to be the center. You knew that Darren and Dee were going to be the guards. You knew that, you know, I, that, that, that team was, those two teams were the best two teams in modern Illinois history. Mm-hmm. Although the, Bill Self had some good ball clubs too, but uh, I think those were the top two, 2005 and, and, and 1989. And this, this team's got a long way to go to be that good. All right, Lauren Tate. Uh, you know I, what the problem is, Jim? 
when you bring guys in, you bring freshmen in, you bring transfers in, you bring people who didn't start last year. Everybody's got a new role. Right. Everybody, I mean, we're, we're starting over with, we don't, we're not set. You look back on those teams, the 89 and the 2005. The 2005 team won the, won the Big Ten in 2004. Yeah. They were already good. The 89 team was was good because the 88 team was really good. They just moved up a year. We haven't, that's not what we have this year. We've got a bunch of new guys and you're expecting them to be, to play like veterans. I mean, and to play cohesively. Mm -hmm. Cohesion may come, but it ain't there yet. A lot of teams uh, in the strange day of college basketball are dealing with the same thing. The turnover is much higher uh, universally uh, nowadays. But you, you look at walk uh, out there against Virginia yesterday, and they had three saw, transfers. Yeah, uh, their top six players, three of them were transfers. But maybe uh, you see some of the top teams, Houston, North Carolina, both coming off uh, strong years, where a lot of their players are coming back. So again, yeah. strangely, Lauren is right. <laughs> well, I don't know. I know I know Houston's awful good, and they didn't have Sasser when they beat us last year. Now mm-hmm. he's back, and they're number one in the country. All right, Lauren Tate still writes for the News Gazette. I hope everybody has a subscription online or in print. Every Sunday, uh, Lauren weighs in. This past Sunday, he he did kind of a combo burrito. Wouldn't that have been a sensational parley, oh, though? Oh, man. We were really close really Friday close. through really Friday's really game close. and about uh, 13 minutes of Saturday's <laughs> fourth quarter. It was looking like a special Special weekend. They were so close. The defense played so well. We just couldn't get the first downs when we needed them. That's been a kind of a problem. Fourth and short, we can't make anymore, seems like, in football. All right, I'm going to get your opinion uh, on a couple things before I let you go to football. You got five more minutes, Lauren? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Bruce Weber back in town for Big Ten Network. Everybody loves Bruce now. Yeah, how about that? He he wasn't so beloved when he left, but he's beloved now. That's the way it should be. He's a good guy. It, he just, it's the recruiting got away from him a little bit after that 2005 and 2004, five and six, he had D Brown those three years and mm-hmm. the team was good. And then they started to slip and, and uh, a change was made. All right. Brad Underwood, uh, uh, in good graces, but we got a letter to the editor this morning saying he's got to stop yelling at his players. Your thoughts. He, he yells at his players cause that's what he does. Get over it. <laughs> he's yell. He's going to yell at him. He's going to yell at everybody. He's going to get on Shannon. He's going to get on Coleman Hawkins. I never saw. I never seen anything like he got on Coleman Hawkins the other day. But this is what he does. You can't change. Uh, uh, you know him now. This is this is his style, and the players understand it. Where does he rank among Illinois coaches? Oh, I don't know. Now, um, um, I, you got to give me a little more time. You got to give him a, a couple more years. I mean. When you got two guys like Combs and, and Henson who were here for 20 years, that's different. I mean, they had their ups and they had their downs. And, you know, Lou was started from scratch and then built a great team in the 80s, and then it was getting away from him in the 90s. Uh, Harry Combs, same thing. He started out great, had three Final Four teams, and, and then he had the great team in 63. But toward the end, he was it was starting to – well, I shouldn't say that. The, the, they – they had a really, really good team the, the the year of the slush fund that took him down. They had a really good team that year. I think in sixty six, in sixty six, sixty seven, I think they would have won the Big Ten. But that was before they lost everybody. They lost, you know, um, uh, Dunlap and and um, I'm forgetting names now. Um, but in any case, 
they they had excellent talent and it and of course they were ruled ineligible. Where does this current run of uh, it's going to be another good season uh, rank in the this many? fourth good? This could be the fourth straight season. Oh, we've had uh, Illinois had the best Big Ten record by a mile the last three years, and I think they'll it'll sustain it this year. Um, uh, I, it's it's one of a half a dozen runs like this that they've had over over time. I mean, Bill Self had this kind of a run. Lou had this kind of a run. Harry had this kind of a run. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, Doug Mills had this kind of a run with the whiskey. That's why this is this is an the University of Illinois is a basketball school. We saw it this weekend, and we'll see it all season. We'll see it for years to come. There's a backlight. If you get this team going in the NCAA tournament, they'll buy they'll buy the tickets. They'll get in there some way. We saw this in 2005. It was incredible. The turn, the the interest. Ed Bond can tell you that the numbers of people following this team in 2005 was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were waiting for them. They would even show up for practices. That 2005 team, of course, uh, the foundation was set by Bill Self, who um, yes, it was who left. For Kansas, uh, in a story that you often uh, tell, where maybe Ron Gunther had a chance, maybe, maybe. tell me. You're going to have to really pay, and Ron wasn't ready to do that. Mm -hmm. You will notice today that coaches are paid incredibly to be kept when they're successful. We had had the most successful coach we could get at the time in the country. He was just on the run, you know, heading up straight up, and I would have done anything to keep him. And I think, although people will disagree with me, I think there was a moment if Gunther had acted quickly and thrown a lot of money at him and a long-term contract, I think you could have kept him. And what happened was he lost him, and then Illinois was in the wilderness a few years later after they got away from Weber and, and during the gross years. So when someone comes knocking on Josh Whitman's door saying, uh, we're interested in Brad Underwood, what happens? You pay him. You just top whatever anybody else offers. I think that's what you do. I mean, they're playing with Monopoly money anyway. They're going to have $80 million coming in in a couple of years here from just from TV. So, yeah, just think of the pain we went through by not keeping coaches when they were successful. Mine happened with Brett Bielema. Uh, uh, the job he's done here certainly has resurrected his career. He's done a good job. He's just had a. He's had eight games in which he's lost in two years by eight points or less, which is a touchdown and mm-hmm. a two point conversion. That's how close he was on eight different games that they lost, and they and they won five, and now they won. I hope they win eight. This weekend they go to Northwestern, which uh, brings me to a great story that Lauren told me many moons ago, which tells you how things have maybe changed in our business. And I'd like for you to recap it for our podcast listeners, Lauren. And that's when Mike White, uh, after I think it was a loss to Northwestern. Yes, he uh, lost and he was he was he he was really feeling bad. Tell me about what he did. Your conversation. He just walked up, you know, right after the game, and it was just cold. I remember how he was shivering out there and. He walked up and said, listen, if you need to call for my resignation, go ahead. I deserve it. <laughs> he did say that. But we were close. We were friends, and we, we did things you know, on occasion together and had drinks uh, once in a while. And so uh, it's different. I'm so far removed from the coaches now that it's not the same. 
But you know, I was. Uh, but Mike, uh, Mike, when when Mike uh, resigned, he 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 called Turpin and I. We got together with him and and talked to him about his resignation when Crazy. he was forced to resign. But I mean, not as as reporters, but as friends. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, uh, Lauren, and again, you can refute me. I think the basketball coaches, for the most part, uh, maybe seem more relaxed uh, in your company over the years as far as. Oh, that's uh, true. You know, that's just true. casual conversation, maybe a trust factor. Yeah. Well, I lost, I lost uh, connections with Zook, clearly. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't like me at all, and that's okay. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm just too old now to, to be close to anybody. From a coaching standpoint, I don't. I'm just kind of on the outside looking in now. Tell you what, I just got a text from Brad Underwood said, "Tell Lauren to meet me at Pia's for a cold one." I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think it's Coach Underwood. I don't, <laughs> but I'm. Uh, I think he would, Lauren. Actually. No, I think he would. Yeah. He's a, he's that type of guy. Uh, but uh, but there's no question now that I'm I'm in the uh, I'm in overtime, <laughs> and and I don't have the same. I don't have the connections now that I once did. Um, Everybody will be happy to know Lauren has agreed to work till he's 100. We've signed that uh, contract a couple weeks ago, or I signed your name at least. You better not give me that offer. I'll probably probably agree to it. Oh, you have, Lauren. Trust me. We appreciate everything you've done over the years, and you're still sharp as a tech and our historian on staff. And uh, I love every word uh, you both write and say. That tack is getting duller all the time. <laughs> all right, Lauren. Thank hey, you, Jimmy. We appreciate your presence in today's podcast. Uh, last thought on Illinois basketball uh, moving forward. Well, I think we've got four really good games coming up here right in a row that are going to tell us. After the Lindenwood game, we play Syracuse, and you got to beat Bayheim. He's won a 1,000 games. And, uh, you know, then you get into the Big Ten with Maryland and Penn State, and you got Texas in there. So the next – Four will tell us an awful lot. This team has got to find, here's the word, Jim, cohesion. Mm. They've got to figure out ways. Everybody on the team's got to figure out ways to help the other guy. Right now, there's a little bit too much in the half court, particularly there's a little too much individuality because they they just don't don't know what to do yet. All right, there's time. Thank you, Lauren. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll uh, get Richie back from Las Vegas in one piece, I think, uh, next Monday. Thanks for listening, everybody.